Welcome. Thank you for listening to Spiritual Living with author and teacher Francois Feinberg. May the message you're about to hear earnestly touch your heart, and may it encourage you in your ongoing love of God the Father, your enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your fellowship in both the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. quintessential burden and calling in my ministry life is to exhort and encourage and train others to walk with God. That is to not only know God, but to love God, to hear God, to discern Him, to understand His will, and then to walk with Him through the thick and thin of everyday life. And it is my absolute privilege to encourage people in their relational interaction with God, because many are not taught to actually properly interact with God. For the most part, and again, I'm just generalizing here, many of us as Christians, we only emphasize the knowing of God. That is, God has answers for my need, and He's some kind of a Google in the sky And so that's why I pray, that's why I fast, that's why I go to church, that's why I read my Bible, is so that I can extrapolate information from God, teachings and principles from God. And for many of us, this is Christianity. The more knowledge I have, the more PhDs in God I have, the more books I read, the the brighter I am, this is Christianity. Well, at Legacy School of Discipleship, I beg to differ. God is not just some information center. God is a person, and He is so much more than answers. He's a person. He is someone I can interact with. And the vast majority of my ministry, in fact, The vast majority of the people that attend my ministry, whether they come to the school or allow me to come to home churches or congregations or conferences, the vast majority of people do not know how to relationally interact with God. Sunday after Sunday, perhaps all over the world, people are invited to come and accept Jesus Christ. And often they will say, come and have a personal relationship, personal interaction with Almighty God. And here's the thing. I minister almost exclusively to Christians who've heard those statements of a personal interaction with God, yet they have never been taught, nor have they cared to investigate. How do you actually properly interact with God. And that's what I want to fellowship with you about today. Well, first, we've come to understand throughout the entire biblical narrative that in the strangest of ways, God is one, yet He is three. He is one person, 
and yet he is three persons. He, he's one being, yet he is triune. Especially in the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament writers state the fact that there is Father, there is Son, and there is Holy Spirit, but they never care to explain. How is this possible that God can be a Father, a Son, and a, a Spirit all at the same time? And I tell my students here at the school, and I will tell the same to you. Whenever the Bible states facts without explanation, the mystical is at work. And whenever you encounter mystical where God obviously does not explain himself, whenever there is mystery, there's only one response God wants from you, and that is faith. Theologians throughout the centuries have tried to dissect God the way a scientist might dissect a frog. But often it goes down these rabbit trails and these excessive explanations that in my reading and in my experience almost like misses the mark. What is the mark? Relational interaction. An interaction of love and camaraderie and companionship and fellowship with God. Not just the science of God and the knowledge of God. So many of us perhaps can explain God so well, yet we don't have that relational interaction. And that's what I want to capitalize on at my school. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. Now, I don't have answers for how it's possible that God can be triune. But I have come to understand how to interact with God. But first, how do you explain the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Let me be the first to say, uh, I do not have the words. I do not have the wisdom. By and large, I follow the pattern of the New Testament. It's mystical, and I will stay in faith. I may not be able to explain it, but I can definitely experience God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I do this in faith. But I do want to attempt at an analogy. This is an elementary explanation. This is, this is very um, almost juvenile, and it is wholly incomplete. But permit me to just give an example. I want you to consider yourself and consider me, Francois Feinberg, who is fellowshipping with you. I am the son of my late father and my mother. I have the identity and the relational interaction towards my parents, um, that of a son. But today I'm also a married man and I'm married to Wendy. I am also a father to my two children, as I am a master to my dog. But I'm also a teacher to students at my school, as much as I am a friend to uh, countless of people. So how is it possible that I can be a son, yet a father? That I can be a master, yet a friend? How can I be a teacher, and yet a taxpayer to the United States of America? How is it possible that one person, Francois, or you, be male or female, 
consider all the relational interactions you have. And perhaps this would give you a small snippet uh, of the triunity of God. God is one, but there is a fatherliness of God and then an appropriate interaction from you towards that fatherliness. Inasmuch as I am a son to my parents, um, there's a proper parental interaction there. Now, I am also the spouse to Wendy, so that's a different kind of an interaction. I can't talk to Wendy as though she's my mother. I can't talk to Wendy as though she is my daughter. There's a different interaction that I have with her, and I want to submit to you, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's the same. And I want you to consider the following. God is Father. And when we talk about the fatherliness of God, we're talking about the eternal aspect of God, the aspect of sovereignty, the aspect of indescribable creativity and power, the aspect of all-knowing, the one who indwells eternity, past, present, future, the one who is without and outside of time. That's whom we refer to when we talk about God as Abba, God as Father. And there is but one interaction with God as Father if you want to do it the proper way. And you have to learn to relate to that aspect of God as a child, as a son, and as a daughter. Pay attention in the natural to a child with his father. Have you noticed that the father is the powerful one? Have you noticed that the father is the providing one? Have you noticed that the father is the protective one? He's the wise and knowing one. The father is the one with the experience. Have you noticed the father teaches? The father has purpose. The father has a household economy. The father has a will. In a way, the father is sovereign. And the child learns from the father. The child learns to receive from the father. The child is tutored and trained by the father. The son learns to submit to the father and receive the father's burden, the father's heart's desire, the father's will. That is the proper interaction. If that son is to be trained by his father and to be disciplined by his father and inherit from his father. Now, in the spiritual life, God is Father, and you are a son. And so if you have that proper interaction of childlike trust and faith, your walk with the fatherliness of God will be vibrant, dynamic, and you will grow and mature and, and take your place in authority and as a co-heir um, of that father, you will have an inheritance you cannot be like the prodigal and just cart off into your own will and into no man's land. You have to stay with your Abba and learn from him. But here is the mistake I have made and I see so many of us make. Instead of being a son 
who in humility and in trust relate to his Father, most of us, in a way, become the interrogators of God. That is, he's the one with the knowledge, the money, the power, and in a way, we manipulate him, we trick him, we interrogate him, we question him. Instead of saying, yes, Father, yes, Abba, most of us say, why, God? When, God? Why didn't you? How? And if you persist in that kind of interaction where you put God on trial, let's say you are both Job and his comforters, and you interrogate God, and and He owes you an explanation, and He owes you the breakthrough today, and He owes you the car and the job promotion in the house. If you've got such an interaction with your father of interrogation, either God is going to discipline you, or in a way, you... In a way, you're going to miss it with God. And that vibrant, dynamic relationship you want with God, it's, it's not going to materialize. It's not going to realize and, 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 and become your reality. Yeah. You've got to stay with God on the humble side of things, with the fatherliness of God. You've got to be a son and learn to receive and learn to seek His will and 100% learn to submit. Yes, Father. Yes, Yes, whatever you say, Dad. And if you can be trained in that relationship with Almighty God, where you know your place, I want to tell you, you will experience ongoing revival with your Father. But the Scripture also reveals that God is a Son. Now, if the fatherliness of God, in a way, describes the eternal sovereign aspect of God, then the Son represents the incarnational aspect of God. God with us. God who became a man. A man who lived through the process of his human life and through death and through burial and coming up in resurrection. And and, and God is in Christ redeeming and reconciling the world to himself. So Christ represents the redeeming work, the redemptive, the salvific work of God. But more particularly, Christ represents the husband to the church. Christ represents the male figure, if you will, and the church represents the female figure, as much as there was Adam and Chuva, which is Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, as a prototype of Christ and the ecclesia, Christ and the church, where the church is bone of his bone, kind of his kind. You know, when the first Adam slept, God brought out of his side for him a counterpart, a helper, an enlargement of his person, somebody that would be his companion. And even so, when Christ slept, God brought forth out of the side of Christ the church, his counterpart, his helper, his companion. 
Christ, of course, is a shepherd. Christ is the door. Christ is this. Christ is that. But Christ is our spouse. And there is a proper interaction of what I would call a spousal interaction that you have to have with Jesus Christ. Before God the Father, you were a son. And I might even say to all the ladies out there, to all the sisters in Christ, somehow, in a mystical way, before God the Father, you're a son. But can I say to all the brothers and men out there before Jesus Christ, you are a woman. You are the softer, tender, weaker vessel. As a man in the natural, it tends to be more stronger, and a woman tends to be a little bit softer. Even so, are you. Now, in your relationship with Christ, think of a husband and wife. Think how there is togetherness. Think how there is intimacy. Think how there is love and the knowing. And think how there is partnership in the work. How the husband works and the, the wife is the helper and she's the, the cheerleader of, of the husband. Think how the husband is the head and the authority figure and the spouse is the supporting uh, role. That is the interaction most proper between you and Jesus Christ. Brothers, we cannot be strong with Christ. We cannot boss him around. We should be tender and submissive and loving before our spouse, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's an interaction before God the Father, and it's that of a son. Know your place. There's an interaction before Jesus Christ in its companionship, fellowship, love, intimacy, trust. Know your place. And lastly, there's also an interaction with the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. When we talk about the Father, we talk about God in His eternal capacity, if you will. Christ is the redemptive arm of God. The Holy Spirit is, is the breath. The Holy Spirit is, is the agent of God, the means of God to make this happen. The Bible reveals a little bit more in that the interaction between me and the Holy Spirit is in a way the interaction of a temple or a house being filled with the Holy Spirit. As individuals, we are the house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But corporately, all the many-membered body of Christ together, we are also the dwelling place of God. It says most beautifully in Ephesians 2 verse 22, we are being prepared as a dwelling place for God in the Spirit. Before God the Son, you and I are a spouse. But before God the Holy Spirit, we are a building. That is, we are being indwelt. And He is the Lord of the house. You and I are just a house, the living stones built together. But here is the proper interaction. He gets to decide what comes and goes into this house. The Holy Spirit gets to decide what is of God versus of the world. 
The Holy Spirit is the one that can come into the temple and cast this out, overthrow that, evict this. The Holy Spirit is the one that wants to rearrange the house. He's the one that washes and puts together and sanctifies this house. He repaints this wall and he sends down that table and refurnishes it. He is the one that is the Lord of the house. In a way, money has no business in this house. Ego has no business in this house. The world has no business in this house. Um, self and, and, and Satan and, and all of the, the, the elements that, that are antagonizing to God, all of them will be dealt with um, by the Holy Spirit. And so the interaction before the Holy Spirit is, is, is one of being open and mendicant, as some would say, being vulnerable and say, Lord, here's the temple, fill me and drive out of me, evict and cleanse whatever is not of you. Beloved, if you can maintain the childlike posture before God the Father, if you can maintain a spousal interaction before Christ and a kind of a house and temple interaction before the Holy Spirit, I believe, and you will see from your own experience, you will really enjoy God. From the Father, you will gain wisdom and you will be trained. From the Son, you will share His bedroom and His secrets. And from the Holy Spirit, you will experience flooding and filling and an overflow. Why is it that you and I are not experiencing God in a rich way? The Father as our Abba, the Son as our Lord, our husband, our master, the Holy Spirit as our indwelling breath. Why is it that so many of us are not on revival or in vibrancy? Why is it that so many of us are bored with God and confused with God? It's because we have never learned to properly interact with the triune person of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you with an observational assignment. In a way, there's no perfect father and child relationship on this earth. The only one that was ever perfect was between Jesus Christ and God Almighty. Nevertheless, I want to ask, would you observe over the next coming days and weeks fathers and children and take some note as to what might be the proper interaction between the father and that child, between the child and that father, and then ask God to teach you a little bit about that. And you'll notice Good fathers even chastise their sons. And you may come to see and understand and experience that part of God also, that the son that he loves, he might even, you know, mean some business with. I want to ask you to observe a proper marriage. There's not a lot out there. But um, surely there's a man and woman within your circles that, really love each other. They may not have the perfect relationship in marriage, but they're working at it. And you'll see, it takes, I'm sorry to say, it takes a little bit of work to 
to make a marriage work. It's not just bliss day in and day out. And observe a little bit the husband, how he works with that woman and how that woman works with that man. And see if the Holy Spirit can teach you a little bit. See if Christ, who's the perfect, most faithful spouse, if he can teach you how a man and a woman should interact. And then can I challenge you, learn, even if you're a brother, can you learn the posture of a a wife, of of a woman before her husband? Think even in conception, it's the man that passes on um, the, the sperm and the woman is the receiving one. Even think, you know, are you the one bossing Jesus around or are you the one that with meekness receive his implanted word? Uh, brothers, I'm sure this is an uncomfortable word to you, but Christ is the one who should impregnate you with his nature and his DNA and his likeness. Look again how a man and a woman properly interact and then see if God can teach you how to interact with him and where you have been his boss and dominant and controlling, where you dictate to Jesus how he should behave. I want to ask you to consider just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. And take your place as a spouse. And I want to ask you to let the Holy Spirit teach you what it's like to indwell a house. Consider you who live in an apartment. What was the first thing you did when you move in? You uh, painted it and you put fresh carpet maybe in it. And maybe you put this piece of furniture there and you moved this there and you you hung a picture on this wall. And, and you were the master of that house. And You threw out what you didn't like. And you created the atmosphere the way you wanted it. You sanctified that house, that apartment. Even your car is a kind of a house in which you drive. And ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, teach me again what it's like to be sanctified. And I want you to consider giving God permission again to move things in your house around and toss things out if they need to go. Beloved, learn practically how to interact with your Lord. And uh, can I submit to you that all Bible teaching, all books, all messages, all songs, all conferences and Any and every good thing that Christianity has to offer, can I submit to you in closing? If it does not aid you in sonship before the Father, in your spousalship before Jesus the Son, and in you being a temple before the Holy Spirit, I want to submit to you, you've missed it. Get back on track and learn again to love God as Father. Learn again to love Jesus as spouse and learn again what it's like to be filled as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy every moment of interaction with God.